You are now tuned in to drink this podcast. Matt and Paul G. Chatting top quality, you know they always got a free talk policy. Guests speak honestly, no apology. Full spectrum from politics to comedy. Please listen responsibly. A few brew in, chance of animosity. A couple more brew and the crew getting wobbly. No matter this, the park place of podcast monopoly. Drink this podcast. Hey folks, Matt here. Welcome to Drink This Pod, episode 40. That's right, episode 40. Uh, we finally made it to a milestone that starts with four, I guess. Uh, but that's super exciting. We are, uh, for this episode, we're actually going to, it's more like episode 39 and a half. Uh, we're going to jump right back into the discussion we were having last week, or last episode with our, uh, our special guest, Mia, on Star Wars. We segue very nicely into our next topic of discussion. It is, it is literally seamless. We jump out of, the, of uh, episode 39. We jump right back into episode 40. So if you haven't heard that yet, go back and check it out, uh, as well as uh, we always keep kind of a, a back catalog of episodes. Not all the episodes, because I don't want to pay that much for hosting, but there's a few episodes back. You can go back and uh, check out some other uh, conversations we've had there. Um, Stay tuned after the episode for a track from friend of the show AI, also known as Andrew Ironmonger, who also composed our fabulous theme song. Uh, and there's a link to his SoundCloud in the show notes if you want to check out some more of his music. He's uh, he's quite good. Uh, you can, I know we don't say this at the end of the episode, so I want to get it in here. Uh, it would be great if you would rate and review us on iTunes. If you listen to us through iTunes, if you could throw us a rating, throw us a review. We'd really appreciate that. And big news, now available, Drink This Pod, now available to listen to on Stitcher. So if you're one of those people who doesn't use iTunes, and I mean, if that's the case, we're probably not friends, um, you can get us on Stitcher now. We, uh, it's surprisingly easy. If you have a podcast, get on Stitcher. You write them an email, bam, you're good to go. Uh, so check us out there. You can search for Drink This Pod. Uh, I'll try and throw a link in the show notes, and we'll start posting links to that in our, uh, in our Facebook page as well. Uh, so that you know that they're there. Uh, so without further ado, I will let slightly intoxicated Matt, Paul, and Mia jump right back into their conversation about fan-created content. I hope that you enjoy listening to this as much as we enjoyed recording it. These are these are happy drunks, folks, uh, so enjoy, enjoy them, because not all drunks are this happy. Uh, so we hope you enjoy. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. Uh, as I was saying earlier, Into episode J- two. JJ is the fan creator. Like he, all he does is make other people's work, and we're yeah. in this universe. We're we're in a time, and again, this is this is my extensive listening of Kevin Smith podcast coming out of me. But like, we live in an age where there's a Supergirl show and a Flash show, and they're all being like produced or written or created by people who work in the industry that birthed these characters and yep. people who love the industry that birthed these characters, which yep. led me to think like, Oh, wouldn't it be great to talk about fan created content? And then the two of you had kind of pointed out to me that you're both fan fiction fans on some level. I was like, Oh, wouldn't this be interesting? Yeah. Um, so uh, Mia, you have, written fan fiction yourself yes oh boy yes okay well oh boy uh, yes. let's start with the difference between fan created content and fan fiction do you is there a difference what is the difference because you've That's... just become a resident expert okay um would you say that there's there's a separation of the two yes i would i would say that it's 
the dictionary definition of both terms is are are going to be very very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, it is it, the, the difference. There is a difference. Fan fiction, I would call a, a subset of fan created work. Okay. And the difference is largely a matter of um, societal, of of. It's 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 a weird thing. Um, it's it's weird insular sort of uh, experience where there's an arbitrary assignment of uh, value. So towards it's purely one. about the perception of those around them. Yeah, fan fiction. Um, I'm assuming is on the bottom end of that, and fan created content. It has been. It has been. Um, so you know, fan created content. Like, there's a really great. We've discussed the People versus George Lucas documentary. Yes. Um, that features a lot interviews it with is, a lot of fan fan created people, and it, it features the work of I, a lot of fan created Star that, Wars. Isn't that films. movie famous for not actually containing any Star Wars footage? Like everything yeah, about it is all fan created. Correct. Um, so that's fan created work. Um, fan fiction is very specifically written, and in general, like this doesn't apply universally, um, but an the overwhelming number of fanfic writers are women. Right. And there, and so fan fiction for the longest time, uh, and it's still kind of this way today, has been this weird, very shunned, very like shamed, very quiet corner of women interpreting fiction in particular ways. And what I find fascinating is that certain things show up universally independent of the internet. I know because it happened to me. Um, okay. So fan fiction is uh, the writing of stories featuring other people's characters. Yeah. Um, it actually goes back to the, it, well, technically like goes back for forever because we've been telling, the, we've been telling stories about, you know, people right. for forever. In theory, um, like you could say that stories about like, Greek myths created by multiple different Jesus. people. Yeah, stories or about, stories about Jesus. Like, the, the Gospels are technically fan fiction. <laughs> I, so are the they, they are real person fan fiction. That because... is the title of this episode. As technically, some... <laughs> the Gospels are fan fiction. As somebody with some background in the Catholic Church, um, so are all of the stories about the saints. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it really, but like, it for sure started um, with people, you know, when, when Arthur Conan Doyle killed off uh, Sherlock Holmes, people uh, responded in part by writing their own stories about it. Is that true? It. Yeah. Like, yeah. Is, this, is this a recognized phenomenon? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. so fascinating. That's why Sherlock uh, Holmes came back. People started writing about yeah. it. Yeah. And, he was and Conan pissed? Doyle was like, okay, well, I guess I better do this then. Yeah. Oh, uh, so would you would say that that's like one of the earliest examples of, of modern, modern, the day, modern what the modern day conception of fan yeah. fiction is? Oh, that's fascinating. I had no idea. Um, and and the uh, the the birth of the word slash to denote uh, male male romance between two characters who are ostensibly straight yeah comes out of Star Trek itself. fan fiction doesn't comes it? out of Star Trek Kirk fan fiction Spock. Kirk slash Spock yeah. yep correct which or I'm Spock assuming slash Kirk would be a designation in like some kind of a message board or forum correct. where you would find them yes. and you, like it would be like NSFW like it's an abbreviation to indicate yes. what's going to oh happen when you click oh, on this it's like the yeah. it's like an early trigger warning well this is also why it, it's I'm kidding yeah. it's <laughs> not yeah. a trigger warning. who was the first part of that is a big deal because that's relevant to the story is it yeah. like who's Kirk's, the top and who's the bottom somewhat yes 
But fan um, fiction itself, there's nothing inherently erotic about fan fiction no. itself. Uh, no, the the from the outside, I think a lot of people assume that it's always erotic because a lot of I mean, uh, I'd say quite a good dose of it is. Right. Um, I and like full disclosure, and we discussed this a little off mic. Um, I have written fan fiction from the age of I think eleven or twelve, right. solidly up until I was over eighteen years old, and then I took a little bit of a break, um, and then I came back to it. I would come back to it periodically, and then I came back to it for real a few years ago right. uh, with the supernatural fandom. I which, was going to say like, what what universes have you utilized in your fan fiction oh uh i'm not going to mention all of them just so that uh there is because yeah um there were a bunch of anime there were a bunch of anime uh gundam wing particularly i used to watch Uh, gundam wing when i was a kid oh my god we got yeah um escaflone i do prefer escaflone escaflone is it's beautiful Mm -hmm. um then uh, there was a lot of uh, Angel the series, uh, the spinoff of Buffy. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, my first, like, really, really well-received sort of stories came from that. I wrote a few for Criminal Minds. I wrote a few um, for other fandoms here and there. Okay. Um, I vast majority of the things that I came up with, like, some girls write in a diary. I wrote, like, fan fiction ideas down. For a birth for my birthday party recently, I did a dramatic reading. We had a, a teenage poetry night, and I closed it out with a dramatic reading of a series of fan fiction titles yes. and um, summaries. And I used like the phrase "shards of glass" a lot. Because <laughs> you're a small child, and you're like, my heart is like it's a thing that shatters and breaks and grows. I yeah. get that. I used right. to write poetry in a book it that was like so it was yeah, all. Exactly. So um, melodramatic. Can I just toss it I, out there that based on our previous discussion, I definitely wrote Boba Fett fan fiction when I was like yeah. seven. So like yeah. it's just it's taking characters in a world that you're immersed in on some level yeah. and creating your own stories out of them. Yeah. Uh, and famously I, I, and probably unfortunately, uh, some yeah. of the like better like the more well known ones are Fifty Shades of Grey, which mm. is a whole separate conversation. Yeah. Mm. Um but it's yeah, it's playing around and and I actually maintain that it is an excellent writing exercise because you have to maintain established characters and other and there's a check in like there are checks and balances because other people who know these characters are going to be reading it and they know how they, these people would react the same way because they've watched the same show that you have. Yeah. So so it's a really good writing exercise in keeping consistent characterization uh, and writing a plot that would work and stuff like that. So I, I actually found it very, very interesting. And also the nice thing is that when you write it, there's an automatic audience built in. Right. You don't have to go out and say, hey, I have this new original piece and you have to get to know these new characters. There right. is an audience built in. and That's at already least familiar that ago, wants yeah. more stories about these people. Yeah, exactly. So um, it's a really, really nice uh community depending on the fandom like it's huge everything has fan everything yeah, has fan everything does rule 34 yeah what's rule, oh, yeah. which one's rule 34 if, if it, it exists, exists there's, porn there's porn of it. Porn of oh, it. that's the okay the what's the what's <laughs> the number rule like if it exists there's a like counter gender equivalent of it 
I don't know. It's Rule 67? Maybe. It's the less interesting of the two. Yeah. Actually, I completely um, disagree. <clears throat> so, uh, so fan fiction, uh, and a lot of this has to go to, um, uh, for those who are going to be more interested, Sam Meggs uh, wrote a book called Fangirl's Guide to the Universe, which I haven't yet read, but I know that she has a whole section on fan fiction in there. Mm-hmm. Um, because the thing is that fan fiction is overwhelmingly written by women or um, people who are not straight white guys because the fact is, and this kind of ties back into Star Wars as well, um, the overwhelming amount of uh, media is features straight white guys. Yeah, we have our women, stories. So- because, because women are able to uh, identify with male characters a lot easier than men are able to identify with female characters historically. Yes. So would you say then that the fan fiction community is the, or would you hypothesize at any rate that your the fan fiction community is an outlet for, we'll call them marginalized groups, women, yes. queers, yeah. uh, not queers yeah. as in queers, but like queer people, queers. Uh, LGBT people, if you will, yeah. uh, to express stories with characters they like, but in their own universe and with their own kind of sets of rules based on who they are to, to, yeah. to put representation for themselves in the stories they already like that are good, that they enjoy. Yeah. Uh, that just don't tend to feature them in <clears throat> any open or explicit. Yeah. Way. And even necessary and doesn't necessarily even need to rep like feature them as original characters or author inserts or anything like that, because right. Uh, the other thing that, you know, is huge in the fan fiction community, for better or for worse, is Slash, which is where, again, yes, two ostensibly, yeah, two ostensibly straight male characters are paired up. And what's interesting is that um, there's kind of a reason why this is a thing, because because so much of pop culture is overwhelmingly male right. characters, uh, male characters have relationships with each other that they do not have with female characters because female characters are romance. They yeah. are romantic. Romantic interests. There's always interest. an effort being made and, to woo or what have you. Yeah. And so, and, and I, I will sing the praises for the rest of my life of whoever's in charge of Star Wars if Rey does not end up with either Poe or Finn at the end of Star oh, Wars trilogy. Right. Even... Me, I don't want me her who to didn't enjoy up, the movie. Yeah. Well, who didn't love the movie sitting yeah. down and watching like there's no relationship here for her. which is refreshing a and nice. Bit. Uh and, and there's and, and what's funny is that Oscar Isaac uh has at the very least said that he played Poe as as bi bisexual. As bisexual and I that, would be much more interested if Finn and Poe had a relationship than if Ray yeah, had a relationship with too. anybody. Exactly. So there's there's a difference. So like because of the incredibly toxic and crazy and arbitrary uh, setup of cult- the intersection of culture and gender uh, that we have here in in the Western world right. uh, and Western media, the men binary. have these, men have these very emotional, uh, very positive, very intense relationships with one another mm-hmm. that are never explicitly homoerotic. Mm. But there's an emotional core there that. Isn't that doesn't exist with uh, their relationships with women, and it makes because, us all so uncomfortable that we have to make gay jokes about it, like Robin yeah, and Batman or yeah. any male pair, even like Han and Chewie to some extent. Yeah. 
Um, and so, and, and that's the thing about Supernatural. And, and uh, Aisha Tyler, who has an awesome podcast herself, uh, put it best. Um, she had Jared Padalecki, who, who plays Sam on uh, Supernatural. She had him on as a, as a guest. And she said that one of the things she likes about Supernatural is that it's a show about, in part, the loving relationships between men, of brothers, of friends, of colleagues, of allies, like family, the family you make, the family you have. Right. But it's uh, this intense relation. Like, that show, like, that is the epitome of your fave is problematic in a lot of ways. <laughs> but but it has I've, these intense... I read George R. R. Martin. My fave is the most yeah. problematic. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it has these relationships. And so <clears throat> women who sit in this intersection where we are in, you know, do in some part to neurochemistry have a lot of emotional sort of ties. And so we, we sit there and we're like, well, that relationship, we don't get to have that incredibly intelligent, witty, spitfire, emotionally, like, important relationship with the men in terms of characterization and representation on screen. And so I'm not surprised at all that slash fiction arises because it's that logical progression. Um, And it intersects with the fact that most uh, fan fiction writers are women and a lot of them are teenagers. I was one myself. And uh, the same way that teen idols are a safe way for young women to... Uh, experience sexuality, their burgeoning sexuality yeah. in a very, very safe way, in a, in a way that's never going to hurt them, never going to cause any kind of physical pain. Meant like, so yeah. it's something they're completely in control of. Yeah, uh, although it may not feel that way. Uh, fan fiction is a way to explore that intensity and the sexuality uh, similarly. And that's, and part of, um, and, and, and a lot of the dismissal of fan fiction you know some of it is because like let's be honest not all of us are good writers no no i i i people keep hiring me to write things or giving me good grades so i'm probably an okay writer but like there's a lot of not great ones Mm -hmm. but another part of it is because it's so overwhelmingly female that it's been dismissed and that's definitely part of this the difference between fan created works and fan fiction I think you would find a lot of fan-created works are made by men, and yeah, a lot of fiction, fiction is made by women and other marginalized uh, people. With the exception of Jessica Jones, something we've discussed here, created yes. by a woman, or like the show yes. itself, oh, yeah. produced and created by a woman, which is why it's so good. Um, that's really fascinating. I um, it's it's a world I'm not super familiar with, other than like, I mean. I watch Bob's Burgers and they make jokes about erotic friend fiction. One of the characters. Oh my God. Tina is one of the was... realest, the realest <laughs> teenagers on television ever. So I ever. love that show a lot. Like it, yeah. it makes me laugh in a way a cartoon has not made me laugh in ages. It yeah. really, really bugs me that only one woman is in that cast. Yeah. That really, I, I, it doesn't bother, like the show itself is not shitty, so I can kind of get around it. But part of that really bugs me. Mm-hmm. But fuck is Eugene Merman funny on that show. Oh my god, yeah. Um, uh, there are 126 fanfics in the Bob's Burgers <laughs> fandom. And I'm sure on fanfiction.net. that 
at least 70, or no, I'd go less. Maybe 40 of them contain incestuous relationships between the children. Well, <laughs> let's see. Oh, you can uh, actually quantify this? Now you can. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, so uh, Mia, we, we've heard a little bit from her about her experience writing fan fiction and like what that, that she's, uh, but Paul, you've led <clears throat> a something. I moderated a panel at there a conference go. that I was running a couple of weeks ago on campus. And what was this panel, how did it relate to the topic we're discussing today? So, Mia would actually probably appreciate this based on what she said. Uh, it was an analysis of uh, Angel and Spike f- slash fic. Ooh, interesting. <clears throat> okay. And I will say now, I was very stressed and very tired when I was moderating this because it was one of the last... And I, I had like a 15 hour day that day. It was a busy, Yeah, I was running, I, a, I was running a conference that 145 people came to. So I was tired. Yeah. Uh, um, I have since moderated a panel since we last spoke. I have also moderated a panel and it is, yeah, it's, it's an intense experience. I can imagine it's not fun to so, like, here's in the fact, thing. I know it's not fun to be like, you shut up, you talk now. Hey, everybody, like, let's focus the yeah. conversation here. here I, here's a fun thing. I moderated five that day. Oh, Jesus. What the hell is wrong with you? I'm one of the co-chairs. This is what okay, my responsibility is. So yeah. that, that, that was my job that day. Next year, I get to delegate that to my juniors. But Yeah, see, I'm just a member at large, so I only had to do one. <laughs> so I, I don't remember that particular panel as well as I ought to have, because mostly I was looking at my timer and going like, this woman has no idea how long she's been talking, does she? And then at the end of it, I put up, like, we had uh, five minutes and two minutes and one minute and stopped. And I put up the stop, and she gives me this shocked expression, and afterwards says, I didn't see any of the warnings. And I'm like... Sorry that you weren't looking? Sorry? Yeah. <laughs> I had to cut you off so we could have discussion. But anyways, yeah. yeah. Um, she went into a, a fair amount of that, uh, just in the, the sense of, like, how information studies can relate to analyses of slash fic and blah, blah, blah. Thing. Cricket. Yeah, but she's a chihuahua, right? A chihuahua half chihuahua, half dachshund. Yeah. Oh, wow. So she's fighting like, genetics on every level. Yeah, like, chihuahuas are one of the most... And I can say this about dogs, because we know uh, evolutionary psychology does kind of apply to dogs. Um, <laughs> but, like, they're one of the most evolutionarily primal, like, primitive dogs. Yeah. Chihuahuas are. They haven't changed much. Oh, really? Since, yeah, no. The, like, the, the, the dog... The companion dog of the Mexican um, and... and like Central American uh, civilizations has not changed a lot. The Chihuahua has kind of been the Chihuahua for a long time. As a result, behaviorally, they're not as, like, yeah, they tend to um, be a little weird. She's very defensive. She's a rescue. She's a street dog. And yeah, also used to be a street dog, has problems with separation anxiety. So, like, Matt will leave the room and she will lose her shit. Yeah, she'll, like, it's it's a (laughs) weird, like, scream. Okay, the pug that I grew up with, Whoopi, was adorable and she was very sweet. So, we would pile her into our minivan. Uh, We had a Honda Odyssey. And uh, most people, I probably won't have had the pleasure of owning any kind of a Honda Odyssey, but like I, I assume with most minivans, when you open up the trunk, yeah. there's um the trunk is is like kind of narrow relatively in like terms a of width. Yeah, minivan, I own a minivan, minivan, I got minivan it. trunk. So and there's a dip, right? There's it's yep. it's not a flat surface no, on the it, bottom. It, like, there's a about a here. foot 
Yeah, trough. Exactly like yeah. my minivan. So two dogs, two big dogs. There'd be a big dog and there'd be all. Oh, there'd be a big dog lately. and there'd be a little dog. The little mm-hmm. dog was the pug, whoopee. And so we'd load them into the van and we'd go. And so you have to understand that the pug is very, very small. And she would be in this one foot trough that dips down in an already Completely cut off from everything. <laughs> cut off. If she looked up, she could only ever see the sky out the windows. And yet... Whenever we pulled up to the dog park, she knew. Who's her shit? Yep. And she she's knew. the same way. She will she know knew. when we get home and we're like yeah. almost there. And she. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she yeah, knew. she's. Um, yeah. She goes to daycare every day until we yeah. own a detached house. But this yeah. is what happens at daycare. Aww. Dog spooning for days. Aww. I've seen this one. Sweet. All right. But. So, uh, this will relate to our Star Wars question. So in that picture that I just showed you uh, of my dog cuddling with other dogs at daycare, sure. uh, yeah. there is a, a black miniature pincher owned by a rig worker who is two to three weeks on, one week off. So this dog essentially okay. lives at the daycare. Right. It's a black miniature pincher, and its name is Vader. The man has acquired a second dog, which is a white chihuahua. What do right. you think the white chihuahua... If the... Black Miniature Pincher's name is Vader. What do you think the White Chihuahua's name is? The White Chihuahua. It depends on his... It's a, it depends on his opinion of Chihuahuas in terms of personality. What would you call it? If, if like, working off the base premise of Min Pin named Vader. Anakin. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. That's what that fucking dog's name should be. Do you know what the dog's name is? Jedi. Oh, right. That's like when people name their daughters Khaleesi. You're like, that's a, yeah. that's a title, yeah. sir. Yeah, you sir, don't understand title. how this works. You want to actually be naming her Daenerys. Daenerys. Sir. Yes, you do. I'm going to have to ask you to slow your roll and hand me the birth certificate. So you do know things so about this. I've seen the first four seasons of Game of, what was the most recent? The fifth, fifth was the yeah. most recent? I've seen the first four and a half seasons of Game of Thrones, and I feel comfortable stopping there. That's fair. My wife didn't even make it that far. Uh, The first, yeah. I get where you're coming from. Part of me right now is loving the relationship, because I'm into the first novel. Between, oh, the first novel is great. The between Eddard and Robert is such a beautiful yeah, friendship relationship. Absolutely. I love um, that so much. Because I, I did. I, I grabbed the first novel and I liked the first novel a lot. But the second novel, which I own and might still be, yeah, it's still on my to read pile, which recently grew to cover a second table. <laughs> what is it? A clash? Of, what's the second one called? Uh, clash of clash Kings, Kings, I think it is. Yeah. But I ran into the same issue that I did with the second season of Game of Thrones, which is that um, Stannis Baratheon is the most boring man on the face of the earth. Oh, but season five ends in a way that, like, I had a funny chat about it with my father. Like, how averse to spoilers are you? I don't care. Okay, so the Red Woman convinces Stannis Baratheon to set his own child on fire. Oh, yes, I heard about that, Okay, yep. So that was the moment for my father-in-law where he's like, I didn't like that at all. That was all <laughs> yeah. the line. I was like, no, that was the best part. Like, and I know it's fucked up, but that's yeah. actually the coolest, most violent, like, out of all the violent, fucked up shit they've done, that has weight for me as an element of the, sh- as a plot point in the show. Rather yep. than... Yeah, your sadistic fucking kid just beat a hook, beat a prostitute to death. I find more yeah. emotional and storytelling value in torturing your own kid alive. 
uh, because it's like it's a religious thing, which I'm I'm all about showing how fucked up religious people can be. Um, yeah. Part of me really loved it, but my father-in-law nope didn't like it one bit. But it's because he's got a daughter, right? Yeah. It's because yeah. he's got yeah. a daughter, and like, don't tell anybody. I think she's the favorite. <laughs> oh, Mia has gone silent. Why is Mia gone silent? Can you not hear her? I cannot hear you. Oh, because I was on mute. Now I can hear you. I was on mute. You were making mouth movements, but I couldn't hear anything. And I'm like, oh, um, God, what's happened? Yeah. Uh, well, costume design, production design, makeup, and editing have all gone to Mad Max Fury Road. Ah. The best picture of the year. Let's be clear here. Yeah. It is the best. Fo- it is the best film of 2015. I had this conversation with my friend Sam in the UK earlier today when he finally got around to watching it. Because he hadn't seen it before. And I'm like, I've seen this like four times now. And talking about it with him was like, I, I, I want to cancel Drink This Pot and go and watch Fury Road again. It's such it's a great movie. Perfect. It's perfect. It is a perfect film. I was talking to my mother who loves the Danish girl because she's in... Cause, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I said I would it, catch but... it on Netflix. I, I haven't either. I said I would catch it on Netflix, but um, I, we'll see. When it comes on Netflix. Yeah. Right I, now, again, as I, I, I have been watching <clears throat> Hannibal, which we'll get yeah. to, but uh, a lot of people, including myself and including Tim uh, Brayton at Antagony and Ecstasy, have been saying that if slash when, and she did, she won, Alicia Vikander won for Best Supporting mm-hmm. Actress for The Danish Girl, but we're all going to pretend that it was for um, Ex Machina. Okay. okay. Which is a really good film. I haven't seen it. I think that is it, on Netflix. It is on Canadian Netflix. Um, it features Oscar Isaac and the guy who played the oh god damn it the redheaded like jerk in. That, the that's going to jump back into what we were just talking about because he heard perfect movie and got all excited. Did somebody say Fury Road? We did. Yeah, we what? sure fucking did. Um, best movie of 2015, and if you don't agree, you can get the fuck off no, our podcast. It's for, now it's it our. It is uh, perfect cinema. It is. It's going to be taught in film school. Do you know? Here's you probably my, close that door. Oh, sorry. By it's like minus twelve sorry. out here. I got excited. I was like, I uh, Matt leaves the fucking balcony door open on like a double digit negative night. Oh, oh, that's so cute. He was so excited. <laughs> so my quibble. With Fury Road is this. Of course you have oh, a quibble. Of course you have a quibble. <laughs> and it's not huge. I, I will say I thoroughly okay. enjoyed the shit out of that movie. And it must okay. be in Tom Hardy's contract. Must spend at least a third of the movie with something covering his fucking mouth. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. I think that they missed a golden opportunity for a beautiful score by playing score over top of the guitar player. Hmm. I uh, so like the, the, they've got one vehicle that's just covered yeah, in speakers, yes, right? Metal guitar. And there's dudes that are like banging yeah. the drums, and, and dudes like and shredding. The guitar actually did shoot flames. Yes, it was that was not it was the most metal oh. scene of anything. And that's what I've makes that seen. movie amazing. It's also what makes Star Wars look as cool as it does because it's yeah. all practical. Can I also just point um, out um, our friend Paul has explained that apparently in canon. The like flesh mask that the flame shooting guitar player guy is playing is yeah. his mother's face. His oh, mother's face. That's yep. so fucked up. Uh, it's I the most it metal guys... thing ever. Yeah. Okay. So finish your thing, and then I'm going to tell you uh, okay. my my brilliant best friend's theory on Mad Max. So I love the the fucking 
drum car. Like, that is my favorite part of that whole movie. Because they're getting his guys psyched up to go to fucking war. And, like, they're He's, banging the yeah. drums. And then I'm watching it, and the dude is shredding away, but there's score music playing, at least in my memory, there is music playing over top of it. Like, why are you doing that? You have such an awesome opportunity to make this the score of your movie. I don't remember that at all. I've it seen really this movie bothered like five me. times, and I don't remember that. I enjoyed it. Times. Like, don't get me wrong. Hey, sweetie, you want to come sit in dad's lap? Yeah. Um, oh, cuddling with me right now. You get her the rest of the time. My favorite. So, one of my best friends from Victoria is like one of the most brilliant people that you'll ever meet, and. Um, his the first time I ever saw Fury Road was with him and uh, like there were a whole bunch of us that went and then we went for drinks because when you've seen Fury Road for the first time yeah. you're just like holy fuck like I need a cigarette like <laughs> with your <laughs> I need a cigarette and a glass of scotch yeah but his theory is that Mad Max is like that all of the movies are um are are like the Gospels in which Jesus, like in which there are these stories and they've been told so many times and then eventually at some point someone introduced Max and then the story's been told and told and so all those stories happen to different people but Max becomes the character becomes the person yeah the same way that our friend Paul's yeah a bunch of things that ostensibly happened in the gospels to Jesus probably happened to a bunch of different like it was probably a bunch that's, of different people that's but over really the fascinating millennia well, it became jesus that kind of actually ties into something that our friend paul said which i'm probably misrepresenting and he may or may not call me on this uh but his theory after watching mad max like fury road a couple times and having seen the originals a couple times was that max is essentially an avatar of some like yeah. aspect of wilderness and that he's not actually huh. a person huh. because I, I like on boxing day this year i actually did a marathon of all four movies and Max, outside of the very first movie, which is very different yeah. in tone, yeah. he is not really a major character. He, not at no, all. everything he happens other around people's him. Stories. Yeah. yeah, which is in my mind the most interesting central character is what that. I think that's why the Holy Grail works as well as it does because King Arthur is the person that is the straight man that this world happens yeah. around. Well, okay, so yes. for example, like in but, Fury yes. Road, the movie is not Max's, it's Furiosa's. No. Yes, it, oh it's God. her movie. Which, like, I oh can make the critique of why the fuck do I need Mad Max, who's essentially not in this movie, to sell this badass movie about this one armed woman? Right. Because, because patriarchy. Yes, thank you. Damn it, she beat me to it. <laughs> um,. It's, Although I, I, I agree with that, but I also would say that I think he, he functions um, as a window into the world, in part in Fury Road because it is that callback to a series which has become deeply ingrained in pop culture. And so by having Max Rokitansky as the like the entry into this world, you just you, you, you know what you're getting into. See, and I've always appreciated the pers- like my perspective has always been, and I've actually to confess never seen the first one. I've never good. seen any of the previous ones. I because love I Road have, Warrior. Road Warrior I is have, amazing. So good. I need to watch any and all Metal Gibson movies with like yeah, a, a giant lot of cube of salt. Things around. The Jews! <laughs> uh, <laughs> whoa. I, well, well, there's that and there's Sugar Tits and <laughs> there's the chapel. But, I'm you trying to think of the time say, he got drunk and blamed the Jews yeah, for everything. Yeah, but you could almost you could almost say that uh, Max is like that. All of these stories of Max are you know. 
fan fiction. I'm, well, I've always appreciated. Uh, well, I, I appreciate your segue. It was well done. But I, like, I got one more thing I want to tag back on. Because I can't, like, just, oh, if only because I can't believe I'm the purest in this conversation. Where did she go? She's going for water. Okay. Um, She's been, like, sitting between us for an hour. I appreciate the fact that Max goes slowly more insane over the course of all these movies. I like the idea of one, and I mean, I think that you can still apply the Avatar theory, the window to this greater world theory to it, and assume that this is a man who loses absolutely everything and goes completely insane. Uh, in a world that's completely chaotic, right? Like the the chaos the chaos of the world around him is reflected in his own character. Cricket, come here, sweetie. Oh, yeah, I know, but you need to come and sit with dad. Come on. Um. Uh. So yes. Yeah. I want. Sorry to, that that it was yeah a that happened segue. because I checked on yeah I che- well and I I checked on the the Oscars not actually honestly I'm glad that I'm doing this because I don't fucking care about the Oscars because like we had said before the reason why you ran in the door was yeah. that. The perfect film from 2015 is not going to win Best no, Picture. No. See, you know what it, it has won six six awards so far, which is nice, but it's not going to win the big one. You know what irritates me most about Oscar So White is that the writer director of Creed is not nominated for an Oscar. I haven't even seen this fucking movie, and it bugs me that he's not nominated for an Oscar. You guys are going to appreciate this. So uh, I. Used to pay for, again, I did film studies in undergrad, but then I developed clinical depression. And one of the things, one of the big red flags that I had this thing happening was that I stopped being able to watch movies. Oh, I couldn't focus on them. And it's, yeah. it has only come back a little bit. And I, part of it is because I, I sort of switched into music because I was doing radio. Yeah. And albums are a little bit easier sometimes to consume because you can sort of listen on the go. Yes. You, can um, do, you don't have to think your thoughts, but you can still do yeah. other things. Um, but I had not necessarily realized, also because I didn't really grow up watching the Rocky films. My parents are smidge too, like they're a smidge too old for that generation. Like they right. grew up with my dad. Like I, I was introduced to Star Wars via my dad. Like that, yeah, was, his, that was his, some thing. of his favorite. Yeah. Um, so I saw... <laughs> Uh, a full a full bus ad of all it's all it was was Sylvester Stallone in a fedora looking off to the upper left uh and and all it said was Creed on top uh, and I went oh fuck have they made a Scott Stapp biopic uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh god why? no why <laughs> why would you do this oh, why shit. hollywood why? Why would you do this and yet none of the Tamora Pierce fi- books have ever gotten made to film? Like, so that was my first uh, impression of the Creed film was assuming that they'd made a biopic of the band Creed. Yeah. My <laughs> wife got a text message from her brother once that said, I'm going to see Creed this weekend. Do you want to come? And she's like, no, are you out of your fucking mind? Why? Why are you going? <laughs> What is wrong with yeah. you? Like by all accounts, it's a really good film, and yeah, Michael Jordan is phenomenal, and he like is yeah, phenomenal. but, but yeah, is so beautiful. It's beautiful. Oh, it's yeah. So that was all I that, but that was from that point on. That was all I could ever think of was like <laughs> the aborted because I started to imagine it. I started to imagine Sylvester Stallone playing the lead singer of Creed, and I couldn't stop. And it was it was so great. <laughs> 
Somebody once, like, I don't know if they were, I don't know if I know the person personally or if I heard it on, like, a show, but talked about the creed behind the music, which every VH1 behind the music gets to a point where, like, I was doing 70 rails of coke a day and couldn't stand up. And they're like, man, the creed one is like, oh, dude, before the show, we were doing, like, two shots of Yager and it was just out of control. I'm like, fuck you. Fuck you, you loser. Um, this is my moment because I've had like, I don't know, three quarters of a bottle of wine all to myself that uh, I remember uh, because I came of age in this wonderful time, like when Napster was a thing. Yes. And then after Napster, after Napster was we're all the same age. and Fair Share and LimeWire Lime and all things, the but I had, downloaded, I had downloaded with arms wide open. Um, and I was thinking, and I'm so glad this didn't happen, but it was around the same time that I discovered that in, in it wasn't even in Photoshop, in like Microsoft Word, no, in Microsoft Word, you could import photos, because I used to do this, I used to print out pages of photos that I had, I had inserted in, and, and then I would put them onto notebooks and, and on my walls and stuff. But I had import. But in Microsoft Word, you could do these very, very basic image manipulation things, including right. sharpen. And I very, very clearly remember <laughs> importing the album cover for Creed's, <clears throat> whichever album had with arms wide open. I had imported the album cover from that, and I was playing around with the sharpen uh, mm-hmm. section or the sharpen feature. And, uh, and, and, and that was like my first introduction to like the weird idiosyncrasies of image <laughs> editing, because I was like, this doesn't seem to have sharpened anything. Mm-hmm. It's done something, but, but I wouldn't that's call not it sharpening, sharpening. But I remember talking to a friend, uh, a family friend of mine, like a, a friend where he was like, well, I, cause I said, I, I, I think I kind of want to buy this Creed album. He's like, well, you could probably download it and then print off the album cover. The, the album cover because it's the album cover I liked because I was an idiot. You're because, every person that buys a bottle of wine because the label is pretty. Because my entire life of radio is making up for the dumbass taste in music I had when I was a teenager. <laughs> so I'm, oh, but we can't. You can't be held responsible for that. I was a big fan of Nickelback when I was like 11. Oh. So. I saw Nickelback play. So I saw Nickelback with Three Days Grace and Stained. Their very first hit. Oh my god. Live. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> I went to I Vancouver to see them do it. I would have gone to see Stained. But I saw Nickelback. <laughs> Everyone could see your reaction. <laughs> we made a special trip. My dad took me to Vancouver for a weekend to do it. And the best part of this was I, I bought two Queens of the Stone Age albums when I was there and became a fan of them from that. We were a much better ever lost her shirt the, <laughs> the glasses have come off <laughs> right now I don't even find a video podcast 
I don't even find the original joke funny. It's purely your reaction to it. <laughs> like, you guys, like, I'm from Alberta, too. So I understand, like, I could have marginally understood seeing Nickelback in Alberta, but you went to... Pacific. I'm from Victoria. <laughs> okay, yeah. Oh okay, fair God. enough. <laughs> so I... Nickelback had a hit. Like, before This Is How You Remind Me, there was another hit. They had, like, three of them. I was a fan of the album before that. Yeah, and they opened... Okay, this... Like, (laughs) they won't play nearly as well now that we've all had that nice cathartic moment. They opened for Everclear when I went to see Everclear. Yep. And Everclear was a great show, and I'm like, oh, this Nickelback band, they're interesting, because I was, like, what, 15? Um, Yep. Everclear you grew up in though. Alberta, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm the outlier here. No, no, no. Right. Small okay. town, Alberta. Yeah, for, for, yeah so for, for those who are just tuning in and don't know the backstory, I grew up in Calgary and moved out to BC when I was 18. And Paul grew up in... I moved to Victoria, and Paul grew up in Victoria, and you moved to Alberta... I moved to Edmonton. Uh, Edmonton. A little bit before I turned 17. Actually, fun story. So we, we switched places, basically. Fun story. Um, I moved Whoa. to Edmonton 10 years ago in a month. Oh, my goodness. I, yeah, April yeah. of 2006. See, and I'm the one who really feels like the weirdo being the... You've grew, never lived in Victoria, up, you no. fucking peasant. Well, that's true. But I grew up in the <laughs> surrounding area of Calgary, so like Strathmore, oh, Carsland. Yeah. Um, and yep. moved to Edmonton. Like, I adopted this as my home coming from Calgary. The only thing I haven't been able to take on is their sports team. Mm. Um, but I am apparently anomalous. Like, I moved to Camrose. I'll be like, Edmonton is home. This is the blue-collar town I feel drawn to. I would also like to just interject for a moment because our friend Paul has tweeted at me about Mad Max. Oh, did he? How? Um, so this was in a conversation I was having with my buddy uh, Sam earlier today, and I tagged Paul. How did he hear? We're not live. Right? He has magic <laughs> so powers. Up. Uh, no. So his tweet was: Max is Mars. He is Loki. He is chaos that brings order. His presence transforms. I wouldn't call him Loki. No. Mars is There's so much more, more intense in Loki than there is in Max. I think Mars is a fair comparison, though. He exists as an arbiter of war. Uh, but I but I don't wouldn't call Max that kind of like inciting character. No, well, I, like I don't feel like he has any. Like, he's like Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones in the Raiders of the Lost Ark is incidental. Like this is so obvious, it's actually in a big Big Bang <clears throat> Theory episode. I don't know that I actually necessarily agree with this. This isn't what oh. Paul originally pitched to me. Um, shit happens around Max. He's essentially the viewer. He's yes. bringing you into this, and then stuff happens. Yeah, he is the lens through which this universe With is the observed. exception of when they get stuck in the swamps in Fury Road, where he just disappears and murders everybody. And then no, that's so great. Goes, no, no, no. No, no, no. That that, was no, that's so great. awesome. But yeah, sorry. That's a, it's not his blood. Whoa. Yeah. No, that was Whoa. great because, like, again, it was so, it was focused on Furiosa. It is her story. It is her story. Good so point. they didn't there is follow a bad, Max in. There's a badass scene which doesn't happen and only gets addressed incidentally. Yeah. But there's an explosion and they're like, what happened? And then he shows up and he's all covered in blood and they're like, yeah. everything okay? He's like, yeah, it's cool. He's like, don't even worry about it. And then they're Seriously, like, oh, you're, you're covered in blood. And he's like, it's not his blood. You, you know who my favorite part of that movie is? Beast. Which one is he? Uh, the the war boy with the two like tumors that he's named, 
like the one this is a lovely day and he like he's the that's not his name's not beast no it's Nux. not but he plays Nux. beast yeah no no i know okay sorry he's Nux? beast in the x-men universe i thought that yeah that was, nux, nux yes. yeah okay. nux. i didn't know his name in the movie or his name in real life okay. but he plays hank mccoy in the x-men movies now he's beast okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I am much less invested in the X Men movies. I thought that was sorry. I I I quickly took a look at Twitter and I saw minions in the same tweets as Oscars, and I got really upset for a second. But I think everybody has to die. I think they're just presenting. They haven't won. Okay. Thank God. Good, Uh, because otherwise we'd have to. Society is over. Now that we've completely digressed from our original topic, can you like update us? Who's won what? Oh, um, yeah, okay. For the record, we're recording, we are spending our time way more productively and more entertainingly, which I'm aware is not a word, um, by doing this and recording uh, instead of watching the Oscars, which just, eh, no. So this came up today at brunch with my my parents and uh, some friends of theirs. I actually haven't watched the Oscars live since Billy Crystal's first time hosting in like Ooh, 2004. Wow. I don't right. care. I don't yeah, care. I, I struggle to find myself caring more and more, but we'll see. Hopefully they'll get back on track. Anyway, best visual effects have gone to Ex Machina, which was deserved. Um, best sound editing, sound mixing, film editing, uh, have you been makeup, reading off winners? Because I haven't been Makeup listening. and production design and costumes have all gone to Fury Road. Yes! So, nice. Yeah. Um, it Alicia Vikander, Alicia Vikander won for the Danish girl, but Good as we were her. discussing, hopefully off mic, uh, she, I'm going to pretend she won for Ex Machina. Because huh. she deserves it more in Ex Machina. Um and uh, The Revenant won a thing, but I don't fucking care. Uh, was it Best I, Actor? Please don't let it be Best Actor. No, you got fucked by no, a bear! They're not, that, they're not that point. It's Best Cinematography. Okay. But that's Emmanuel Lubetsky, who is a good cinematographer. Mm-hmm. Um, he is. People I don't keep give saying a shit that... about The Revenant. I really don't. I no, don't care. Like, I, I don't. I, I just... don't care. Yeah. I don't. Um, I've heard good things about Birdman, which is the the director's previous oh film. Oh my god, Birdman on my is list. great! It's on my list. Um, at but being I don't, I don't like fit. somebody who has like at least tangential experience in the theater world, I connected with Birdman on a couple of levels. It's yeah, I really enjoyed the shit, but I can't. It's not even that I don't care about the Revenant. It's that I can't. I can't yeah. care because everybody has been this is my this is why I want to know because it seems to be that everybody's convinced that this is his year to win a fucking best actor oscar well, because that's the thing about the oscars is that you don't get awarded for the film that you did that year you get awarded for the film you did the pre the, in the past few yeah. years that somebody it went to somebody else because they deserved an oscar turn. for a few years before that it was that yeah so like it it is interject. leo's turn mm-hmm. i don't think the departed deserved an oscar oh it was such a yeah. good movie yeah. I I really didn't. It was a return to form for Scorsese. <clears throat> it wasn't a terrible it its, movie. But it had its great moments, yeah. But it didn't deserve a best it's, Oscar. But it, it definitely was three oh. films folded into one, but which is exactly what it was. he should have won for Goodfellas in the first place. He probably yeah, exactly, won for, and like, that Raging is what Bull. it was. No, Raging Bull's a terrible movie. Either way. Anyway, uh, were we talking? Are we going to go back to fan fiction? Um, Should we let's... 
Can we just drunk at this point? Um, I don't know. Uh, the I'm other thing drunk. I wanted to talk about with Hannibal because oh, I right. we were going to talk about Hannibal. Okay, so I want to I wanted to ask about the community around it because we've talked about what yeah. fan fiction is. But you were like earlier before we started the show proper. We're great. Huh? You're gonna want food. I'm gonna want. I'm gonna get pizza. Okay. I've decided. Um, if we order like now. Yes. I will go and get the delivery sheet. Okay. Um, so, uh, what was I on about? Hannibal. Fanfic. Hannibal. Okay. Surrounding so community. The surrounding community. So you, oh, right, right, right. You had said before we started the show proper that, um, that people used to review your, review things and it's not yeah. really a thing anymore. Yeah. Like, can you explain that a little bit more to me? Because oh. I, don't, I don't fully understand. So yeah. you put, you, like with fanfic, you posted on the internet, I'm assuming. Yes. Uh, so yes, I have posted many things on the internet, and uh, ten years ago, oh Jesus, nearly fifteen years ago, God damn it, I feel a little old. Um, I was in, no, I'm not even kidding. I was in Starbucks a couple of days ago, and there were these tween girls who were laughing themselves like sil- like off of their chairs, and I was like, "What is it like to be so full of joy and so young?" <laughs> And oh my god, every generation, everyone goes through this thing where, where you, you just turn you into look a at the young. You look at the young people and yeah. you're like, fuck. You turn into a Vietnam veteran. You don't I, know, man. You don't yeah. know what I've seen. Yeah. So anyway, um so fanfiction.net, the only way that you used to be able to track stories and to show your appreciation for stories used to be by leaving a review. Right. Fanfiction.net later introduced um, saving stories so you could save them and get like updated by email when they get updated um, and favorites and like you could favorite an author, you could favorite a story, you could follow an author, you could follow a story. Those are different mm-hmm. from favoriting. Right. The other uh, website, which is archive of our own, which is not in fact an archive according <laughs> to the official definition. As those of us who have done archives, archives I've thing. studied this, and I can tell you that that is not an archive. Yes, but anyway, AO3 uh, archive of our own um, also has like a kudos button, so you can just click like the. It's an equivalent of a like. Mm-hmm. Um, So now there are all of these. So that's the thing is like I came back to and I calculated I came back to fan fiction after basically a decade off. Right. Uh, I hadn't published. I hadn't really written a full story. And uh, my first story I I stalled out and I went back and reread it recently. And it was because it's it's actually two. There there are actually two stories there and they were kind of like sitting on top of each other the way that in like the first like late in the, I think the first season of fringe first or second season I've of fringe there's it. an episode there's an episode where like they've been building up to the concept of parallel universes the okay. whole time and then there's like in the opening um cuz they always had really great gory openings and so in the opening a guy dies because his parallel universe self uh shifts into our universe and then and thus shifts into the same space and occupies the same space as his parallel universe self so he dies with like two heads and three arms and four legs that was a good one i remember that on top of each other yeah in the office building yeah yeah yeah, 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 i remember that one so that was what was happening with my story but i i published part of it and i was really disheartened because I was hoping to get, like, I knew that it, it had its good moments, but I wasn't getting the reviews that I right. used to get. And that's 
another part of fan fiction uh, that if this I if this was a sober about. podcast, I would have had in my notes for us to talk about to stay on topic or some fucking shit like that. <laughs> but part of the fun of fan fiction is the community. Not only that they can do the checks and balance thing, but that they you get instant feedback. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it, it it is very much an out, like we kind of touched on this earlier, but the way I understand it, it's an outlet and it, it is a community. Like there's a group of people yeah. who really participate in this. And like, I, I think I may have even said earlier, it's kind of unfortunate that the best known fan fiction or what people think about fan fiction is, oh, like, isn't that what Fifty Shades of Grey is? And it's... But it's, what's funny is that I wrote better, and I'm not joking here, uh, I wrote better fanfic when i was in high school (laughs) and Um, mine wasn't even erotic it's just there are these things and one of the things that i was hoping to bring up uh is the universal and if i ever do write a thesis on fan fiction it will be on the universality of the mary sue for those who don't know the mary sue and we brought her up in terms of ray whether she is or she isn't is um the mary sue is a, a a uh, character archetype of uh, usually female character, usually an author insert. I'm She's told perfect. usually underage as well. Because <laughs> most, read, again, underage. again, because a lot of fan fiction writers are teenage girls. Okay. Uh, or so young that's women. not a function of like weird perversion? It's... No, it is a function of most of the time it's teenagers, including myself at and the time. she's typically a prodigy, teenager. right? She's usually perfect. Yeah, like completely good. Perfect. Uh, Both the damsel in distress and can kick ass at, you know, she can kick the lead character's ass at his preferred right. fighting. And except usually and, ends up in a physically romantic relationship with yep. the main character. Yeah. What's amazing about the Mary Sue is that she arises independently because the first fan fiction I ever wrote, and I can confidently talk about this because it never made it to the internet, yeah. because yeah. I know. I didn't know that there was such a thing as fanfiction.net. I didn't know that there was such a thing as fanfiction. And my very first foray into it was Digimon Season 2. Yes! <laughs> nice. Yes! And there was a Mary, I wrote a Mary Sue named Raven into the whole thing. And she was, it was, it, it hit all the marks. She was perfect. Everyone loved her. But she was also damaged. And, so- and yeah. Is the function of that character because that's who we per- who the author it's, it's, perceives it's himself as? It's wish fulfillment. It's projection, yeah. right? Like you're projecting yourself onto this yeah. perfect, well-conceived, can do everything yeah. 100% right. That's so fascinating. What do you think yeah. that is? Like where do you think that I mean, I, I mean, I know you're not a psychologist or, or you know, studied. I did psychology as a minor, but okay. you're a well, major. Then, you then I'll consider you educated <laughs> on the topic. In psychology. Where Fair do you enough. think that oh. comes from? And how do you think patriarchy applies I'm, to that? I'm, awesome question. Thank so, you. yeah, and I'm, I'm fascinated by it. And that's what I there is a, a, a journal, uh, the Jur- Journal for Transformative Works uh, is what it's called. And uh I, I briefly, back before I was a grad student, uh, <laughs> considered submitting a, a paper to them where um, the thing about the Mary Sue is that she does. She she emerges universally. I wrote my Mary Sue before I realized that fan fiction was even a thing that other people had come up with. I had never, I never knew that there was an internet, right. like, community of them. I never knew that other people had written fan fiction. I was just writing my own stories. And um, so 
something about that touches my heart a little bit. Like yeah. the, the the pure creative, like pure creative yeah. influence and inspiration, and even in a world yeah. that you want, just taking from a world that you understand. So I'm sorry to interrupt it's, you, but I want the way it's the way that the eye, it's the way that the eye has arisen, like it has has uh, evolved independently at least six times throughout the history of the Earth, like. Six different times, the light-sensitive cells have transformed into the immensely complex lens and <laughs> set of cells that is the eye. Yes. It's the same thing with the Mary Sue. Um, so I think it is partially the, uh, like we were saying, a lot of this fiction is overwhelmingly male. So the Mary Sue is, so if, and, and I want to, like, I have talked about this on Twitter before, and somebody really rightly pointed out that uh, the the way that I was speaking about it was not very intersectional because I really overwhelmingly called the backlash against fan fiction like I, I misogynistic and was really centering it on uh, cis women, right. where really a lot of queer people as well uh, have found a great outlet. In fan fiction, so I want to be—I want to say ahead of time that I strive to be as intersectional of a feminist as possible. But I've also had a lot of wine, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna try. So if oh, I we led with the worst <laughs> foot forward today. Like if you think back to the start of this episode, <laughs> oh my god, I'm so mortified. Don't I be. can't even. I I I'm gonna just be ashamed for the rest of my life. Um, <laughs> you so, should be. <laughs> Thanks. No, um, I'm kidding. It's fine. Like, we all do it. It happens. Um, so, uh, but the thing about the... So, you know, going f from the, the concept that a lot of fan fiction writers are the opposite or the people who are not the main, you know, represented as the main characters. Mary Sue is, you know, you see this, this amazing thing happening on screen in front of you. And like we said earlier, or at this point, probably last episode yeah <laughs> good call like i said like she's i said picking, last episode she's up on this. right right uh, she's on the radio that's yeah, why right yeah so like i said last episode uh you put yourself into the shoes of the characters that you're watching that's part of the primal uh we want, to, we want to identify with the we stories we take pleasure we, in it's not just that we want to we do identify with the stories that's why i was earlier today i i'm a fucking idiot and i looked up the end scene to Sto toy story 3 on youtube oh don't watch again. schindler's toy box why <laughs> no it's not even the, the 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 furnace bit it's the part where andy plays with their the, the toys one last time with yeah. the little girl and says thanks guys and drives away and yeah. like actual for real tears oh my god is schindler's that... toy box the name of part two of this no uh, i've I, again i've heard somebody else refer to yeah, toy story sure. 3 yes she did as schindler's toy box because like they're all moving towards the gas chamber at the end um, um, but, but yeah, that, so, that so is a wonderful identify. trilogy by the way um so so wait we had oh my god our next so our next episode is gonna be on disney and pixar <laughs> I was listening to Calling a, it right now. a clip show podcast that I I frequently <laughs> listen to, where a woman was talking about like the conservative nature of Disney films, like. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, oh, because like know, Disney yeah. himself being a very conservative man, a lot of the Eat themes of those Cuban movies children. are like with like, like everything in its place in the natural order. Yep. They like to shame free thought and like free expression. Beauty and the Beast. 
is all oh, about being normalized. I will, fucking, I will fucking fight you. Well, Beauty yes, and the Beast is all about yes. normalizing people and pointing out that, like, her father and she's weird and then she's with the weird guy who lives on the castle, but yep. then he turns normal and everything's fine because we're happy. Okay, regular. that's going to be our next episode because <laughs> I have some... I have a webcomic that I have came some, out today I have an, I Believe me, I have an entire episode's feelings on Beauty and the Beast and Disney in general, and I, in fact, oh. own a book on the history of Michael Eisner's years with Disney. Oh, so really? anyway, so this, we're going to put that aside. This podcast I was listening to, I just, we'll, we'll come around, but that podcast yeah. I was listening to was, uh, the clip I heard was an interview with a woman who teaches a course about Disney at a prestigious That's university. Awesome. The title and name of the institution with, I, I don't remember, but sure. she's like at least once every uh, once or three times every term, somebody comes up to me and tells me I've ruined their childhood because she tries to explain to people that Disney is a corporation designed yeah, to make absolutely. money. And the amount of people who think the purpose of Disney is to make people happy is <laughs> fucked Yeah, up. no. We're going to discuss my... Because I fully acknowledge that both Schrodinger's Disney cat is both alive and dead. Yeah. I also, I, that's in that an sense. excellent way to I, say that. I need that. to just toss in here, today's Saturday morning breakfast cereal did include a, a crack about uh, the princess in uh, in Beauty and the Beast being a class traitor <laughs> and how the teapot <laughs> is uh, ignoring the, the bondages of class. No, it's great. Yeah. We I, need to talk about okay, this. We'll, this will be so, great. Uh, okay. So back so to... Back. So, so, so fan fiction. Yes. Uh, I had a point. Where were we? Uh, we were talking about uh, women and marginalized communities and, oh yeah, the Mary Sue. Right. Um, so the... Uh, so you see all of this really intense, really amazing, really often fairly well written, yeah. although it's a spectrum uh, characterization. And then you put yourself, you want to put yourself in there even more. So you want to be in that space. And so you create a character who can be in that space. Right. I came out of, I distinctly remember. And like, again, it's an audio podcast. So listeners won't realize, but like, I'm going to hold up and you can see how much wine is yes. left bottle uh it's not a lot so that's why i'm about to say the wor following words that are going to come out of my mouth Fucking on um, the edge of my seat i can't i watched the phantom menace in theaters and then i and that was around the same time that i had owned i owned britney spears's first album yeah. <laughs> where you can see a um, skirt on the front cover yeah uh and so there was a song um and i'm looking it up and, uh, oh, come on, track listing. There it is. Uh, I think it was either Born to Make You Happy or um, I Will Be There, but I think it's Born to Make You Happy. Either way, anyway, I went home and I remember uh, being in my basement and listening to this album and, and pretending that I was Qui-Gon Jinn's other Padawan. That it was me and Obi-Wan Kenobi. Because I put my because you put yourself into these stories. Like I find the saddest thing about that is not thinking that you were just their Padawan. Like that's what I find most heartbreaking about that entire story. Is like not that you were Anakin, because Anakin doesn't represent you as a person, like in any way, shape, form, or fashion. Um so I like that in a in a weird way or not even in a weird way, in a way brings full circle your like love of the representation of episode seven right because you had to go yeah. and create a story that you were a part of yeah somebody has now created a story that you are a part of yes 
Uh, I, I played and I recently rewatched the uh, Disney Tarzan. And again, next episode is going to be all about Racist. Disney. Tarzan is an awesome film. I can confirm it's this because I Africa, just recently rewatched it. And there's no black people in it. <laughs> the expression Snap. on her face. I told you, I just listened to a woman talk about how Disney's core purpose is to make money. I got it is. this. I understand it. But I love the film. Oh, crap. You guys are. So... Okay, now you're back. We're good. Move a little. Yeah, I just. Yeah. My phone plugged in and it, like, brings up something. Okay, there you go. Um, you keep bringing, so... bringing up pictures of Matt's head. <laughs> um. But uh, there was a, my, my brother, the, here's the other thing. I want to work in, in video game preservation, but I didn't really grow up with a lot of video games. The very, very first game system, the very first console in my house yes. was a first-gen PlayStation. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Late I had adopter. played other things. I had played other things at friends' houses, but that was the first one that was in my house. And it was my brother's. And we got, and this was right around the time that Blockbuster had announced their, like, no more, oh my god, children are listening to this. Okay, so Blockbuster was a thing <laughs> before the internet Back made in the day, everything available You used forever. to have to go to a fucking building. You used to have I, to go to a store. That I worked in. Yeah, um, and rent things. Um, and you would give somebody $5, they would lend yeah. you a movie for a week. Or a video yeah. game. Sometimes video it games. was for two days. You could also rent video yeah. games. And the sticking point was usually, does the manual come with the game? Yeah. So there was, like all things, like and, and this will continue to be true for forever. Um, because, of course, with two archivists on staff, we're going to make sure that these are preserved for a while. Um that there are video game tie-ins to all major motion pictures, including Tarzan. And to, for the record, the Tarzan uh, PlayStation game was great because you got to fly through the trees. And that's the great thing about that, that film is that the animation is gorgeous. And it is flying through the trees movie. is, oh, it's the best thing ever. Um, but I also, that was another one where I would play it and imagine... A story in which it was a girl. It was a girl who looked a lot like a boy because that was the visual representation. Right? Because he's got long curly hair but like that. But it me. But it was a girl that I could identify with, mm. and that was the story being played out. So the Mary. So jumping way back, God, I love you guys that you're allow you allow me to go like go on of these course. tangents. Uh, you are. The only guest we've ever had on that has their own radio show that knows how to like fill the time. I get to sit here and I be like, uh-huh. yeah. yes, I agree. <laughs> Excellent. Uh -huh. I got up I, I got up at uh, my friend's wedding uh, last night or whenever, depending on when this episode airs, like months ago. Yeah. But last they were year. like, Oh, okay, we've got we've got, you know, the speeches from the the best man they're the best girl, uh, and the best Amanda was because the nice. best I had a uh, a bridesmaid at my wedding, and 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 the <laughs> the um, and and a bunch of the uh, yeah and 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 the uh, maid of honor and everything, and and then they were like, okay, well, open mic, here you go. So I got up and I said, like, I'm on radio. This is a test of my abilities to make shit up on the spot. Here we go. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so the, the, the Mary, Mary Sue is is the ultimate epitome of that fantasy and. She's very 
and 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 I also feel that the Mary Sue is, and this might be your your title for the episode. Okay. Um, the Mary Sue Sue is the puberty of fan fiction because everyone everyone goes through it, independent of each other. Mm-hmm. It just happens, and you have to get it over with in order to become a mature quality writer the same way that you have to go forward to go back to go back in the same way that you have to go through puberty in order to become an adult and then you look back and you're like wow i turned out way cooler than i should have i should have everyone has to go through puberty independent (laughs) of anybody else it doesn't matter if you're abandoned on a desert island without internet or without other people everyone goes through the same thing but it's required in order for you to become the adult that you are. The Mary Sue is required. And that's why if ever anybody comes to me saying, I'm thinking of starting, or especially if they're a teenager, like if I ever have a daughter, she'll be a nerd because come the fuck on. <laughs> because and when she starts, this episode before. And when show. she starts, uh, <clears throat> and uh, her name will probably be Brienne. Because we've discussed this. Um, but when she starts writing fan fiction, my, my advice to her will not be don't write it. My advice to her will be don't put it on the internet yet. <laughs> Just give it right? like three tries. Get it out of your system the same way that you get puberty out of your system. Yep. Don't let anybody see that shit. Put and then just clear it out and then start actually writing Good stuff. Substantive material. <laughs> Mia, it is always a pleasure to have you on this show. You are it's the always to be on. most fun to have on. Like, uh, we've had some great guests in the past two years since Paul moved away. Give or take. Yeah. And I mean, like, Paul was a lot of fun. We've talked about it a lot. Actually, coming up on three. But the by a, I think just by a function of how many times you've been on the show, clearly we have some of the most fun with you. Thank you so much for joining Thank us Thank you again. for having me. I, should, uh, actually, I will... I, I should put this out here. Thank you, Mia, because you were the one that initiated hanging out with me when I was in Victoria a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah. You invited me to go for beers, and we were chatting, and I'm like, you should totally come on my podcast, because, like, duh. Next so, up, there Disney you know. and its racist, yeah. sexist, homophobic, uh, And classist. still yet, I love it. And still yet, I love it. And my, my iPhone case is the uh, thing. And yeah, and I will, as I already, as all drink this pod episode of that episode will be your favorite is problematic. Excellent. Um, and uh, as with all episodes of Drink the Spot, I'll wake up the, the next morning being like, how Say. fucking much did I talk? <laughs> um. But thank you for having me on. This thank is always great. Where can people find you online in comfortable and safe spaces? Uh, on Twitter, where I talk about fandom and feminism and classical music and archives. archives. She is a wonderful archives. tweeter. Follow her uh, at? At Mia Steinberg, M-I-A-S-T-E-I-N-B-E-R-G. Or if you are on Drink This Pod in any way, it has been on the title yes, of. Uh, I always refer so to people in the title by their Twitter handle. I feel yeah. Like it's the easiest so way give to me a follow. It. I'm I I like to think I'm pretty cool on that. Uh, and are you back on the radio yet? I no. I have. I'm 25 minutes done of the 30 minute demo they need, and then fan fun drive happens. So it it will happen eventually. Okay. And is there a place that you write under your own name or like? 
even if not it's not even if it's journalistic or like do you um, is there anywhere else that you put things that you're willing to put out there my previous works can be found at miasteinberg.com because kids buy your domain name mm-hmm. it's awesome it's cheap and then you can create cool business cards where instead of having at gmail.com you can just be at your domain name.com but yeah so uh She's my my kids. so my my <laughs> My uh, my writing is at yeah is linked at miasteinberg.com and uh, I will be back on the radio at some point. Excellent. I hope probably by yeah. the time this comes out. <laughs> oh yeah, most likely. <laughs> um, Paul, where can people find you? Are, when are you going to start posting cocktail recipes to the Drink This Pod Facebook page again? I kept trying to, and apparently, yeah, I, I, I made myself my my private or my account private, and I can't like repost it. So. Oh, weird. Oh, yeah, yeah. I got to figure out how to work around that because I don't really want my Facebook page to be like super open, but I want to keep doing that. I put some stuff. Can you log in? Do you have the login info? I do, but I was trying to repost my stuff. Anyways, it'll happen soon. It may just have to be its own thing, but soon. Drink this pod, Facebook, whatever. Yeah, because as as a friend of Paul's, I can verify that his cocktail recipes look amazing They're tops <laughs> where can they find you on twitter sir as always i am at igor zarubo i-g-o-r z-a-r-u-b-o and perhaps in the future i'll be at igor at zarubo.com perhaps well there we'll you go see. um you can find me on twitter at slingsbot you can follow the show at drink this pod on mm-hmm. twitter you can also find us at facebook.com slash drink this pod as well as email us drink this pod at gmail.com mm-hmm. I will take your advice by the next time <laughs> we'll have this handled. So now I feel dumb saying we'll it. We'll be at drinkthispod.com. <laughs> uh, if you are a musician, especially if you're an Edmonton musician and you'd like us to give us like to give us a free track to play at the end of our show, you'd yes. be awesome. Because uh, right now I got the creator of the Drink This Pod theme, Andrew Ironmonger, mm-hmm. and he's like funneling some stuff to me. He's a great hip-hop artist, so you'll probably hear one of yeah. his songs at the end of this episode. Also, um, our friend James was at the end of the last episode. That's very true. Uh, that's actually the second to last to maybe third three episodes ago by the time we Whatever, at some whatever. point. That time um, there was, a, there was, was a time. The show. Yes. If you're a home brewer <laughs> and you want to come and talk to us i would love to have a home yeah. on to like discuss things mm-hmm. and their process because this has been a very alcohol absent show like sorry alcohol has been present very clearly we're drunk but we, we never talked. discussed what we were drinking exactly. on on, on, on I'm okay yeah. with that. we got a lot of good tape uh, but if you are a home brewer and you want to come on and ta- talk with us we'd be more than happy to have you shoot us an email or a tweet or <laughs> come contact us through our facebook page uh, or like show up at my apartment and just buzz my yeah, door whatever. i want to give you booze Uh, Until next time, I have been Matt. I'm Paul. I'm Mia, I think. And we will drink with you again very soon. Thanks for listening. Okay. That was a great ending. I think I'm me. Myself to develop what it takes for wealth The raw emotion, all the anger I felt 
converted to a presence on stage to yell Is somebody feeling me? Forget your accept. I'm like stepping to wreck this with effort relentless At the end of the day, when you rest in your feet, I'm still writing This is what I'm destined to be I do what I love, writing my rhymes Living my life, loving my life Y'all should join in and give it a try Living your life, loving your life I do what I love, all in my music Living my life, loving my life Love what you do, so do what you do, kid Living your life, loving your life I got bad skin, Apache whiskers and immaculate flow When I be rapping my scripture Skinny dude on the brink of 160 Spitting juice to get you done quick you're smooth when produced to a fat track I come through, make you look like you're half-assed Well that's that, no diss, only chat-chat So bring it strong or go home with your whack rap I'm bringing introspect with my intellect Stop thinking on the words that are really said In your head, dear, we hear it, did a process Don't guess, don't guess Do you know, do you know, do you know Is it me, do I flow best? Feel a strong beat bumping through your whole chest Open acts till I'm recognized, I don't guess Matter of time till I'm selling on my show you see yourself selling out your show, yes Stop building up my fans, let it grow Stretch, one record in a week, going gold Next, start promo, then I know I'm hitting four Million, is a deal that I feel in my life As long as it's real and I'm feeling alright I mean I got skills and I'm building my hype But it takes hard work, am I willing to grind? It's not impossible, I just gotta set the goals With commitment and the effort, then I'll probably explode But I don't like them odds, I need a guarantee Plot out where my life is headed, where I'm gonna be Get scared of the unknown to move away from home. I want dope, but I'll struggle till I run shows. Put my mark on the map, put my people on rap, then take a seat at the back, and I'll be eating off that. I do what I love, writing my rhymes, living my life, loving my life. Y'all should join in and give it a try. Living your life, loving your life. I do what I love, all in my music. Living my life, loving my life. Love what you do, so do what you do, kid. Living your life, loving your life. I do what I love. Living my life, loving my life Y'all should join in and give it a try Living your life, loving your life I do what I love, all in my music Living my life, loving my life Love what you do, so do what you do, kid Living your life, loving your life